Cheney, you know what happened uh, over the past weekend? I have no idea. Okay, well, this isn't movie news, but it's it's news that we would appreciate. Our boy Edge returned to the WWE. Wow. Again. Again. <laughs> yeah. When is that man going to retire? Hopefully never. That's not true. He should retire. He should have retired. He should have stayed retired. I'm sorry. Yeah, when was... That was like 10 years ago at this point. He quote-unquote retired and... Now he's back. He retired because of a broken neck, man. Yeah. Like, you would think he, you would think you'd call it quits after that, but like I understand like these guys love wrestling. Like to an unhealthy degree, thus the broken neck, but like hey man, just um there's ways to to keep your legacy going in the WWE especially. Like they treat legends crazy good. Yeah. And that's I forget, did he ever get a Hall of Fame ring yet or no? Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so what the fuck? What is he doing? Coming back and winning the Royal Rumble like he's fucking yeah, just chill in his young 20s. Beth Phoenix, man. Get <laughs> Beth fucking Phoenix. Just chill out. That's, yeah. Just, man, just go be a Viking or something. Like, come on. The man's on Vikings, like, killing it over there. I, I'm literally, Sunday night, I'm watching Vikings, seeing this guy go crazy. And then, like, two days, two seconds later, he's trending on Twitter. The man just won the Royal Rumble. Like, come, like, what? multi-talented ass dude from toronto nonetheless yes you want to know okay you're not not, you're not gonna know who this is but an nhl hockey player was on vikings um brent Uh, burns for the san jose sharks what's his name brent burns brent burns i have to google that because yeah you're right i don't know who that is he's like a six foot four chewbacca looking ass motherfucker oh very fitting for a viking then yeah he's got no front teeth Oh, yeah, I definitely recognize this motherfucker. Yeah, so him and his wife that's and his crazy. family were on Vikings. As like a Viking that's awesome. Family. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I like that they just grab random people like, yeah, you look Viking enough. You want to be in the show? Yeah, I feel like the, um, like the, what you need to be on that show as a Viking is kind of limited to just being tall, brute, and hairy. Long hair, long beard. So. Well, I got one of those things. Still struggling yeah. with the second. Oh, you're you're almost there, man. You're you're like no, a it's, little it's baby Viking right now. It's literally never gonna happen. The beard is never gonna happen. You gotta count I on your genes to activate one of these days. It'll just come and fucking spring out there. I don't have enough Viking genes in me. Uh, Mostly just Magyar. <laughs> What's that? Well, it's the Hungarian word for Hungarian. Oh, okay. The <laughs> Hungarians listening to our show definitely were like, yes. Yeah. And then I'm just I'm just ruined it. I was like, what the fuck is that? But no, that's awesome. It might be a Rus Viking. Have you ever heard of what the Rus Vikings were? Uh, I'm Which I don't know how were... I don't know how close um, Hungary is to Russia or the Ukraine, but I'm guessing kind of close. Kind of close, yeah. I mean, the Iron Curtain was able to get in there, communism, yeah. and all that. So there you go. Close. But the thing is, which which is weird, because if you can link cultures and like uh, you can link cultures together through linguistics, so. Mm-hmm. With regards to like Italian, Spanish, French, they're all pretty closely related when when it comes to like actual genetics because I don't know one one they're close in geography and two they obviously developed similar languages within the same area. So mm-hmm. what's weird about Hungary, wasn't that wasn't sorry yeah go on. What's weird about Hungary is like Hungary is this island of like a ling- uh, linguistic like fallacy. Like every other country surrounding it, it has an unrelated language. 
versus the most related language to Hungarian is Finnish. Which wow, is I would never have guessed that. North. I know. So I'm guessing there could be... Now I'm thinking, like, obviously the Finns are, like, Rus Vikings because, well, one, they're the country that borders Scandinavia and Russia. Mm. And, yeah, that seems... Uh-huh. Here's a myth. Vikings weren't actually that tall. Hmm. Like, they were tall for their age, like, their, their time, but, like, people over six foot is, like, a recently new thing. Right. I've heard that before. Yeah, that's like evolution has kind of made us taller, but I can see that not being the case in the past. George Washington was like six foot two, um, which is a good, like a tall guy, but you wouldn't think of him as like a fucking insanely tall guy. Like when you start thinking of insanely tall people, you start thinking of like six, five, six, six people nowadays. Yeah, nowadays. But yeah. like George Washington was by far like one of the biggest guys in America back in the day. That's weird. That's That's weird to think about. <laughs> like the average height was like five six five seven so we would have been like if i if a man like me and you were back in george washington's time we would just been lady killers Fucking, oh yeah yeah fuck all the tinder bidos would say no guys under five nine yeah oh yeah i know and we would just be like five ten baby yeah exactly <laughs> did you know that no one is actually five eleven because if they were five eleven they would just say they're six foot I'm 5'11", to the T. So maybe I should just start calling myself five, six foot then. No, no, you'll get it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I get counteracting data because I go to a pizza pizza one time and I measure myself on those uh, the measuring sticks there. That's that's where I know. My point of reference is always a pizza pizza. But either either I'm wrong or pizza pizza's wrong. So I don't know. I'm either 5'11 or like a 5'10 and a half. So. Yeah, I get conflicting reports. Sometimes it looks like I'm 5'11. Sometimes it looks like I'm all the way down to 5'9. So I have no idea. Hmm. that's really conflicting yeah i know i know i think it's just my hair i got fucking yeah it depends on the day of the week eh exactly it depends on the humidity yeah (laughs) good one yeah anyways speaking of like hot and moist um... (laughs) where how are you gonna tie this into our discussion where, what are we starting with today, actually, I should say? That would Wait. explain the climate in my pants after episode four of WandaVision. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were... <laughs> you could have gone to either one of our points. You could have gone to India or you could have gone to that one. But that was oh. far most a creative option, so I, I love it. <laughs> I had to get my dick metaphor in for the week. Yeah, there you go, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Episode four of WandaVision. That was a fucking doozy. Episode four is a normal television show. Yes, normal for, wait, is Marvel. it normal? Normal for Marvel. Yeah, I, it, to me it felt like a Marvel movie just cut short by like 45 minutes. Oh yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Same structure, same like shot types, same color. Yeah, yep. Every yeah, it, it, the production value of it did not at all feel like a TV show. The sets, the uh, costume design, everything. It just felt like a high budget movie. So It literally looks like a movie. Yeah. It's it's insane. Um. But yeah, like, um, when I said I wanted, like, a reveal of what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, must be listening to our podcast. And they heard you say that, and they're like, let's let's do what he wants. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. I expected, um, like, still sitcom-y stuff. But then... Same here. Like, like, moving away from 
the formula of sitcom bullshit and then uh, tense reveal. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do like sitcom for just a little bit and then big reveal. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a slow build up to at least like you know at least some of the answers coming in slowly. But in this episode, they were just like, let's give you, let's catch you up to to kind of where we want you to be at this point. Like this episode was really jarring, honestly, in a way, jarring. And it's still not everything, which I yes, yeah, yeah, lots of mysteries still to be kind of uncovered. So, um, sword is a thing now. Yeah, confirmed. Yeah, I guess we were we were like theorizing that for for a couple episodes, thinking it's sword, and uh, yeah, confirmed through the opening little bit and. Like, that opening of this episode, the cold open, was just fucking fantastic. Like, that had me, like, literally, like, I'm not even kidding, like, on the edge of my kind of bed, just like, whoa, are they are they picking up, like, off the second endgame ended? Like, this is literally kind of a continuation of that, and it is. Um, so, yeah, of course, spoilers for WandaVision Episode 4. Um, but, yeah, the, the episode kind of just opens up with the parallel events, I guess, of when Hulk snaps his finger in Endgame and brings everybody back to life. So we see from the perspective in like a hotel or not a hotel, sorry, a hospital um, of people kind of just blipping back into existence and the chaos that would ensue because of that. And I guess these are all things that would like, you know, we would talk about when that movie came out, like, oh, if somebody was in an airplane and they were blipped back into life, like, would they just, would they fall out of the sky? You know, like where where would people be in those moments? How would people kind of how would the world react? And so we see a little fraction of that uh, through the perspective of Monica, kind of as she she comes back into existence in a hospital. And yeah, that was the way it was shot, the way it was kind of alluding to the fact that, um, you know, the people who have gone out of existence have like no memory of the duration while they were gone. Like they have no kind of account of the time that was missed i thought that was all pretty interesting just added to more of the intrigue of like avengers endgame you know yeah it's it's cool to get a nuanced perspective on something like that because like after endgame we're like oh he snapped his fingers yay everything's back to kind of normal but no it's um like when you actually sit down and think about it what would actually happen then yeah it'd be a lot more hectic than you think when everyone gets unsnapped um for sure it's like uh, I, I guess they can't go farther than that that's like the farthest they could go was like a woman coming back three years after and realizing her mother died of cancer but like yeah i wanted to see yeah, people falling I mean, out of the sky i wanted to yeah. see like <laughs> pregnant ladies just have a baby in their stomach again like yeah i mean that's like i hope we kind of get more like through just different lenses of like of, of people's perspective i guess of just what that feels like but this was a really good account of like the normal person's perspective i guess like if this was our world you know this is how normal people would kind of react to that situation and and like monica comes back to find out her mother died three years ago she went missing prior to that i mean that's all kind of like it it felt jarring because we watched her reaction be like really like what the fuck and um yeah it was just a great opening in general we'll see if it adds anything to her character Mm -hmm. um because yeah it's a good opening and like it's fun to look at but not mm, kind of ties into the plot a little bit to where like she's not allowed to do her normal i guess she's like a pilot 
first she yeah. first sword. I guess she's not allowed to yeah. do her normal pilot stuff, so that's why she got sent off to the um, to help out the FBI with regards to Westview. Yeah, I think it has a couple implications towards the plot of what's going on. One is, um, yeah, so she is the daughter of the founder of Sword. So that's something I got wrong in my theorizing. I thought Nick Fury would be the founder since that's kind of what Captain Marvel was sort of alluding to. But it makes more sense, actually, that Monica or Maria Rambo, her mother, is the founder of this basically like space shield, essentially is what it is, or like cosmic shield and she's passed away so you would like naturally the progression would be like she should be the leader of this organization um but the implications of endgame and her disappearance means that she's like a field agent she's restricted to the role of a field agent i'm um, confused and, um and yeah because you watched i think you watched captain marvel right i did yeah i did not is is monica's mother like um captain marvel's like friend in that movie yeah she's there there were so when Captain Marvel, like before she became Captain Marvel, was an Air Force pilot, and Maria Rambo, who's Monica Rambo's mother, was her like her partner. I don't know what you call it, like in in the fighter jet kind of thing. In the in that sense, like her co-pilot, co-pilot, yeah, something like that. Um, but they were best friends, very close, and there was like a, a child version of Monica Rambo in that movie also. And so there's, you know, there's in the events of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, she has met Captain Marvel, and even in my second viewing of this episode, when the opening frames of Monica coming back into life, she's hearing the words of Captain Marvel. Um, very, like, very uh, kind of off in the distance, but it's her words kind of playing, which is weird. Like, I don't know why that would be the case, but just kind of like, I guess, a hit uh, Easter egg kind of toss in there. Um but but yeah, so she's in, she interacted with Captain Marvel in that movie as a child. Um, so she has a background knowledge of sort of this, a giant universe sort of with alien wars going on. And that's why in, in this episode, she's talking about like, why, you know, why is, why is S.W.O.R.D. on this sort of defensive kind of thing? You know, people in space are usually our allies. So, but obviously she's missing out on a lot of stuff. So, yeah, but um, uh, another sort but yeah. of like connectivity thing that I did not expect mm-hmm. was like the return of Kat Dennings and her mm-hmm. character Darcy. I was like, oh, like they're just. I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, a little sassier than the last time I remember seeing her. Um, yeah, but that's okay, I guess. Uh, it's just it was it was like super jarring. Like it was never really acknowledged. It's just like, ah, oh, man, the 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 Marvel universe is. I want to say taxing on your ability to remember like so many characters um and like it, it's different than a tv show because a tv show it's like i don't know shorter episodes um but longer drawn out stories in general like there's more inputs into the story than say the marvel universe and despite the marvel universe having like 20 some odd movies and now some tv shows coming out you still had very little of uh, this Darcy character and mm-hmm. it's just like um, I don't know it's 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 jarring for someone like me who doesn't really partake in too much of this Marvel stuff to be like just expected to accept that like I need like a little push somewhere to help me out with that mm. if that makes sense I always, I always thought of it that like in the Thor movies that she she kind of was introduced and she was always like a comedic character just like 
just the dork to make jokes in the side about like oh science like she's the science mind who's stepping into the world of magic so the rational mind is sort of being blown away by all this magic going around her in the earlier thor movies and i don't know she i always felt like she was not really a character in that way like she didn't have anything much to do other than provide that point of view to things so it was it was relieving almost for me uh to see her in this episode where she has such a prominent point of view and and role and kind of like her voice is really uh it, it brings a lot to the show like it brings a lot of kind of you know you're as an audience you're kind of her eyes in this universe um actually there's that's something i want to talk about too there's a couple of there's a couple of characters who who are meant to play as our as an audience perspective into this world and one of those would be uh jimmy Wu, who also you know he was the fbi agent was also in ant-man that's when he was early introduced so you know the show's kind of bringing back a lot of really small supporting characters to to a front view main kind of character rank which i thought is interesting it's starting um, to feel like a jojo because like in jojo's bizarre adventure just like just by fate all these important characters or these characters that have interacted with other important characters just kind of show up together it's yeah it's so weird and, and in jojo it's explained away by just stand users are attracted to stand years users by like mythical means but i don't know it's that's a pull for me then because that that kind of like i there's like a fine line between having a character like that in there and being like oh that's that guy i know that guy and that's a good feeling but then it's kind of like also immersion breaking because it's like okay like how many of these characters like how many people actually meet an avenger and then yeah do all these people (laughs) that have met avengers end up together yeah in a weird way i guess like there's two ways of looking at it because somebody could say it makes the universe feel sort of smaller for me i never felt that It, it, it it just kind of interconnected smaller pieces of this universe into the bigger game that's sort of unfolding and like characters like Jimmy Wu, who's coming back as an FBI agent um, and, and uh, you know, Kat Dennings character. It's it. Yeah. It, it's almost like for the Marvel fans who have gone over and rewatched all those movies a bunch of times, it's just kind of like a small interior payoff for them. Like, Oh look, we brought that, we brought back this character who, you know, who's delivered funny lines before, but we're going to expand on that. So I don't think it, it expects you like as an audience to like, bring back so much of your own movie watching history because it rarely really references those past works it's it's okay if you're like brand new to the marvel universe and you're just kind of stepping into it and you're like just introducing these characters for the first time you know it's not expecting you to understand the baggage of who they are it's it's cool if you go back and look and see like oh jimmy was an ant-man and he was scott lang's handler uh fbi handler and a little bit of character development for him too you know in the ant-man movies he couldn't do magic for shit he could barely shuffle the card of decks and and then his first introduction he's just fucking bringing him a card out of a uh, card out of midair so that's a bit of character development right there too so um uh so yeah i guess it's just like a little payoff for the for the fans who have just gone over and rewatched everything but doesn't demand at least i felt doesn't demand too much out of the audience um but, but i can see what you mean yeah, you yeah. Can see what I mean by it being like, okay, like kind of immersion breaking now that I know. Yeah, that. it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to bring back everybody that you've seen before. Like, oh, this person was an astrophysicist, so we'll specifically bring that person back. But I, I don't know. Okay, on to the point of it, I think it was fitting because, um, you know, I, her as a character kind of broke the dynamic of 
of um, the seriousness a little bit of what's going on in the show. Like she, okay, so let's just talk about what's going on in the show. Like at this point, so this episode is basically context to what the sitcom sort of dynamic is all about. Like this is entire episode plays from essentially Monica's point of view um post endgame post being brought back to life and this is what i was thinking too like it kind of contextualized where this show sits in the timeline this is i guess maybe a month after endgame ends that wanda sort of creates this alternate reality for herself it's a relatively short period of time so she comes back to life realizes vision is longer no longer with her and i guess creates this alternate reality and monica kind of in parallel is tasked with figuring out what these anomalies are who and and you were also right in the sense that the whole town is essentially taken hostage and there's a lot of a lot of like weird magic at play where people well, don't remember the is existence it even a town? And, mm-hmm. like is it even a real town or is it just made up i don't i didn't understand like the cop thing when they said it doesn't exist well right so that's supposed to i, I like from my interpretation that's supposed to mean that the cops like anybody who was a part of that town or has memories of that town has like some sort of amnesia now but it's evident like from what we see that you know there is a physical town there there's a westview sign like she exits off the highway into westview and there's a literal you know a town behind her um and and those shots were before she kind of gets warped into there so I think it's I think what's going on is like the magic is just like a really powerful powerful kind of um amnesia sort of it causes like amnesia to the people who have ever been aware of it but are not directly involved in the illusion if that makes sense. Yeah. So like sense. if 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 like your family member was trapped there and is now a part of that illusion and you obviously, you know, you know you have a family member it would it would kind of erase that part of your memory and rewrite that part of the reality for you. So it's a really confusing, but it it's yeah, it's just really confusing. It shows like how kind of fucked up Wanda is right now, and her powers are just kind of out of control, I guess. Yeah, it's I I and I I like that we still don't know what's going on, um, mm-hmm. because it's just. It, it's so much happened in this fucking episode. It's crazy. Yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so like the helicopter was like, okay, when you pass the force field, you get retrofied? Like, right, so that that was cool. I guess we, we got answers sort of to the big questions or like some of the big questions from previous episodes. Like what the fuck was the helicopter that was, you know, colorized in this black and white world? What was that doing there? What was the beekeeper from the first episode about? And we get... The, we get the context of all the situation that I like the answers that we actually got. So there's there's sort of two responses. One that the helicopter is changed from a drone, from a spy drone into a toy helicopter because whoever's changing it doesn't want that information to be relayed back to the outside world. That's one reason. The second reason is that the production design of the in-universe sitcom wouldn't allow for that kind of a drone to exist. So it changed it so it's a kind of multifaceted response there and then the same thing with the beekeeper you know it yeah how does how does like a radiation suit go to a beekeeper suit though that's just yeah okay now it it brings it makes me think that there's another 
supernatural force or some other intelligent being or something whose hands are involved because they, they kind of pose that as a question like who is controlling the broadcast right they give an ex- they give a a cool explanation i thought this was really cool that there's a cosmic background radiation that's emulating from this from this uh from the town and they they sort of explain what that is too but it's basically the radiation of the aftermath of the creation of the universe that was a lot of words but basically after the big bang the radiation that's expelled from the event is called cosmic background radiation and we can observe it even today in our universe it's the radiation kind of surrounding everything yeah so you you literally point something out in space and you're going to pick up this radiation it's just weird for it to come from someplace on earth right so it, it to me that kind of just like blew my understanding of what even like wanda's powers could be like if this is all her control like she has she's tapped into something of the universe here like she's tapped into some like existential power like greater beyond understanding if this is truly i think what they're hinting at um because obviously with reference to the big bang big bang after everything is our reality so if there's cosmic background radiation coming from this town there must have been some type of event like that oh like a big bang shaped a reality except it's not a big bang mm. it's a tiny bang Oh, I like that theory. Like, yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. If she, if a reality was created, then I guess that makes sense, right? Like some, some microcosm of a universe was just poofed into existence. So the, yeah, that makes sense. That's really smart. Oh, this guy's yeah. a scientist, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I was a big into like um, astronomy when I was in high school. Oh, so yeah. I, I, mean, I know all this stuff. I know why like black holes are black and stuff like that. It's cool. <laughs> Do you know why a black nice. hole is black? No, you no, it's, it. It, it, it'll take too long. I honestly, I don't know. I was going to give a stupid answer there. <laughs> are they really black? Is that like, no, that's just because there's, well, they're black because there's no uh, there's light reflecting there. off of it. It right. absorbs light. So when you think of cosmic, but then when you watch interstellar, they're, they're kind of sick. They're not really that black. <laughs> Well, no, because it's actually like super poetic that um, black holes, because of their gravitational pull and because they eat stars, um, you'll have stardust circle around black holes, um, rubbing against each other at the speed of light, and it creates the brightest, hottest things in the universe called quasars. So the darkest, coldest things in the universe also produces the brightest, hottest. Isn't that... Level. That's interesting. That's that's a bit of that duality going on there that exactly. we love so much. Yeah. Damn, the universe is just crazy. We could we could start our own podcast about that later. <laughs> True. A couple joints later. Um couple yeah. But I, I guess all in all, like it just kind of it leads into for me at least, it made me think about like, is there somebody bigger at play? Is there something kind of bigger at play here? Right? Like they they alluded to some facts that like who is controlling the broadcast? They picked up a broadcast frequency, but and and like I was saying before, those those commercials that we were talking about that I was so fond of are part of the they're in universe. Like the people watching it are watching those commercials. Like that's part mm-hmm. of the whole thing. So there's the edits are real, the the hexagonal title things that that you said that was part of the era, but even fucking Jimmy Lewis says it. Like what are the hexagons about? You know, I love how he was every every question that we have as an audience, he's just writing it out. I think the they're making fun of us. 
definitely making fun of us. Like, but how much foresight, right? Like, they knew what we would be talking about. And they're like, let's just write it out for them. Like, There's this overlap again with like this cosmic idea where, if you're familiar with the concept of like a spaceship passing just outside our solar system and them turning on a radio or them turning on a television, they're going to get all of our old broadcasts before they get any of our new ones because light travels at a certain speed and with, um, you know, the older stuff being put out first, they're going to pick up those signals first. So if they're passing by, I don't know, uh, let's say like 50 light years away, then if they turn on a radio, they're going to get radio signals from the 70s. Right, so that that's sort of the same thing that we have going on here with WandaVision is that like they picked up this background radiation, they picked up this old TV signal, and then as time goes on, it's like getting newer and newer, just like it would if we were out there. Um, but it's getting newer and newer faster because it's not a big bang; it's a little bang. That's interesting. That's I think that's like the scientific like that's like the smart answer behind it but i don't even think like they were smart to do that i think it's like less intelligent than that i think it has to be intentional man i think it's because i think it's more like within the character of wanda i think it's based more around her rather than the science of the big bang although no i know i know what you mean but like thematically even speaking like with regards to like her possibly being able to create realities so thus, like this little bang that created this pocket of reality that yeah. she made. And it's sort of just like a, a regular universe. It takes time for things to grow. And, but we do see her. New. We see her manipulating the reality. And she brings us from 1950s TV sitcom into like the 1960s. You know? Right. Right. So, so I don't know. I, so she's I mean, God. There's some, like, there's some so, thematic over I mean, I, I, I completely. I, understand and i fucks with what you're saying like i i if they ever pulled off that i'd be like you guys are smart people but i i i don't know unless like i don't know yeah i mean that would be a really cool explanation for it, i guess i'll just leave it at that um if wanda is like that's some my sort head of can. god yeah like that could be a cool head cannon, i guess but like if wanda is some sort of god in this universe and she's literally manipulating the effects of like this, this little bang as you call it um yeah, that may, that falls in line with the science, but I think it's less science than that. I think it's probably my understanding would be like, you know, she's just a fan of these sort of shows, maybe in her past, like within her character. I mean, um, and she's recreating the sort of American dream to live out her her fantasy with vision. You know, even at the yeah. end of this episode, she's kind of like, She's talking about how, uh, you know, Monica's not her neighbor and she has everything under control and this is her home now. This is her family. So I think this is all intentionally devised of like this comfortable American 1950s nuclear family. It's all like very intentional. But, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm interested to see how that unfolds. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't it know. is interesting. <sighs> because like this is like new powers for her. Because yeah. before... And I'm trying to like go even back further now with regards to Quicksilver. And like it seems as though Quicksilver and Wanda were like um like dualities of each other, where Wanda was a controller of space and matter, 
and Quicksilver to an extent was a controller of time yep. because he was able to manipulate time and go faster. So it's like, is she sort of like evolving to garner some of his powers too? Because with that, if you have the manipulation of space and the manipulation of time, you have basically the manipulation of reality itself. Mm-hmm. Bam. I, I mean, I think you're I think you're definitely on to something there because like just connecting the dots, even know what you're saying, they get their powers from the Infinity Stone like this. Obviously, this is the, the nerd answer to things, but like the Infinity Stone, they say, is like the the like abstract physical form of the universe being created. And so, yeah, like even what you just said, like both of their dualities are just an aspect of of kind of reality in itself space time divided into two separate things so it's not like i don't think it's a long shot to think that she's sort of grasping at this universal power here like her power base is just fully expanding into something else and i i want to see if they play more into that into that kind of into what you're saying this just more scientific realm of answers you know that that's that would be like drawing away from the comic bookiness of it and just more into like the science fiction which I thought this episode they, was kind of getting into. This episode felt more of like a sci-fi. I got major like X-Files vibe off this episode. You know what I mean? I actually got like Thor vibes off this episode. Like oh, the, thirst, the first Thor because like. I hate that movie. You know in the first. Right. I, Like you know in the first Thor they have like. No yeah completely. They're, they're they try to like scientifically explain away. Yeah. Like the concept of Asgard and different realms. Yeah yeah yeah. This is kind of like the It's set up very similar to in the first Thor. They're just like analyzing Mjolnir as it's fallen to the ground. They have the whole camp set up around it. It's very, it's parallel sort of to that thing going on for sure. Uh, Man, that's why I got so much Marvel vibes. This feels like OG Marvel vibes too. Yeah, I I got a lot of- smaller scale. I got a like, you ever watch the show Fringe that came on TV a couple years ago? No. Almost like 10 years ago. That used to be like, man, that was one of my favorite shows when it aired on TV. It's just like this cool, like, what if all the, you know, alternate reality sort of things were happening within our reality and like time travel was real and like all this weird shit could go on. And like, I got vibes of that in this episode where it's like normal people, like smart, intelligent investigators and scientists trying to piece together this cosmic distortion, you know, that's going on this bigger picture. This was very much like set in the marvel universe but grounded in the fact that just normal people are trying to solve these problems not superheroes but an fbi agent and an astrophysicist so i love that yeah. they grounded it like that that you know it feels like they're going they're with this show they might like marry the earth thing with the cosmic thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean because they have these two sort of separate universes that come together kind of they're trying to do that again yeah you know, you have stuff that happens on Earth and you have stuff that happens out in the cosmos. And now, like, with regards to, like, Wanda having some sort of, like, cosmic power, um, with the involvement of S.W.O.R.D., who has connections to outer space, um, and then also the involvement of Darcy, who's an astrophysicist, it's like, it seems like it's all leading towards something with regards to something cosmic, cosmic Marvel. Cosmic Marvel. And that's you know what, what I mean? makes me think that this is, like, like as much as I feel like Wanda's gonna end up being like she I mean pretty much confirmed at the end of this episode she's the primary antagonist you know like this is Wanda's doing as much as that's still a fact I still think like there will be a cosmic supernatural perhaps entity that's you know 
editing these chain of events that's somewhat influencing her because like there's a specific line that points to that like who is controlling the broadcast who is making these cuts you know because when we're as an audience watching it at, at the i'm just piecing it together from what i see like we are fed more information than the people like these fbi agents and whatever that are watching it so there's like an obstruction of information to that level and who's behind that is that wanda or is that you know is that something else like i don't know I, i'm in the camp that something bigger is fucking with her but that's also loose like I, there's not much evidence pointing to that i still think she's gone crazy because of heartbreak and whatnot yeah no and that's evident. like this that's is evident. yeah so like wolf man that fucking vision shot freaked me the fuck out well there there's marvel going into the horror fucking genre right like there's they're stepping into they've like, been dipping their toes there they've been dipping their toes in for sure yeah they've, they've been dipping their toes but i think this is the most kind of committed we got to a a real jump scare moment you know that that huh. freaked me out a bit too you i mean see, it was disturbing it was disturbing it was very disturbing visually you see vision just fucking grayed out with a hole in his head and yeah, good effect of just like blending genres there. I thought, um, I thought I thought it was interesting how you know throughout this throughout these discussions we've been having, I was sort of glamoring about the aspect ratio changes that they've been doing, and I thought from my understanding that was them sort of establishing the rules of this show, the universe that you know objective reality is the sixteen by nine like wide frame aspect ratio, and then when we get into the subjective sitcom reality, it's you know it's the four by three boxed off old school kind of showy thing but they mess with that a little bit in this episode they sort of break their own rules if that was even a rule and i wonder what that's about like what were your thoughts on that how in the end um, how in the end you know it, it, it's kind of i guess from wander's perspective it just it feels like a really like just a marvel movie at that point when they're in the 60s sitcom but it's not the tradi- like it's not that tv filmic sitcom vibe it's just a pure thriller at that point yeah even when the beekeeper came out of the sewer yeah it didn't it, it was like still that i don't know it's tough because hmm, i wonder if they're ever going to go back to the sitcom gag again or i don't i like i have honestly no idea what where they can go from here um like do they go back to the sitcom format that would be such a fucking ball buster they need to go further like even further next i think episode. you can't like from from the fact that this is <clears throat> perhaps like the midpoint episode of the show or the series, I don't know how much they can like backtrack them. So I think they're just pushing new grounds with every episode. They're like just feeding us more information. Like even if the next episode is sitcom like I think we'll still, you know, learn more about Wanda at least. Like what is her game here about sort of. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think Game. I think it would be really weird, like after this, that they're like, let's go just pure into the sitcom with one little tease at the end. Like, I definitely think we'll have more of a mix of of these styles, like the Marvel, you know, outside world perspective, and then the inside world perspective. I hope. I honestly wouldn't mind like a full perspective shift at this point, like in the middle of the episode type of thing, to where every sitcom thing we no 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 like where every sitcom thing we see is like from the perspective of the scientists and, and mm. FBI. Mm. Um, and then every once in a while we head back into Westview, but under the guise of the objective lens and see what's going on with Wanda and Vision. Mm. 
I, that would you know be I mean? yeah that'd be interesting to how they pull that off but i think yeah it would be i think it'll be something like that i think we'll have like us as an audience will have a greater understanding now of this sitcom realm whether that's peering through the objective lens of you know these outside characters or if it's just our own understanding i think of the show has evolved at this point you know it's it's we yeah. we have a wider frame of view but still we know next to nothing which is i still find that interesting and another question I had, which is like, I've been questioning this since episode one. Like, is Vision dead dead? Or is he like, is he like a husk being, of a body just being reanimated? You know, like fucking like Madara style? Like he's just brought back to life like that? Or is he fucking, that'd be, what is he? That'd be dark. I think it's um, that dark. Dude. Yeah. I I don't know. Okay, I don't think it's that dark because I th- Obviously, Wanda has some type of reality to create people that aren't there. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gotten pregnant. And she wouldn't have twins. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Like, or does she just have the ability to create life? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck. That's, this, is a, this is a rabbit hole. Like, yeah. Is she God at this point? Like, that's the question. She's basically made her own universe. She's manifested two living beings out of nothing. Like, can robots and people have sex? I don't know. Can they produce children? I don't want to answer that either, but probably not. Probably not. You know, we'll ask Elon Musk that question, but it, yeah. Does my, vision have DNA? That's what, dude, that's what I'm thinking. Like this guy is like, I don't know because how is he aware? How is he is, how is he as aware as Wanda, but with like a little less information, like he knows less of the truth and that's why he's kind of poking his nose in places. I, but I do think he's a construct of Wanda and you can see throughout uh, the show that Wanda still has like some sort of reluctance as to what she's doing. Yes. And yeah. whenever vision breaks, that's like her breaking and questioning what she's doing. But then she like quickly reverts back to like, no, like this is the, I'm happy this way. I swear. I promise. I'm not, I'm not a crack addict. You are um, shit like that. So I think like vision is like just some sort of construct from her. And, like, him being aware is just her talking to herself, kind of. Oh, so that's sort of, like, like the devil on the shoulder type thing. Like, that's Wanda's good side, kind of just talking back, like, reflecting to her sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. That like, she unintentionally uses Vision as some type of, like, reflective lens for her own judgment. But, um, yeah. again, like, because she's still in charge and she might feel as though this is how she can be happy. She'll, like, like just brush it off then just move on revert time or whatever um cut the show and yeah yeah i could i could see that i would want maybe like i don't know i don't know if i i don't know if i want that though i want it to be something darker i want it to be like literally like that's vision's dead body she's just floating around every single second of the day and she's just talking to a dead body that would be fucked up i feel like we know, or we should know what they did with Vision's body. It's got to be right. out there somewhere. Yeah, good point. Like, like what they... happened to the body? Yeah. Like, even the characters said it in this episode. Like, Vision is dead dead. Like, he's not coming back. Like, that guy died for five years. He's been dead. So, I mean, I, 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 like, my belief is it's still that's the truth. And, you know, it could be what you just said, that she's sort of, it's her own conscious just talking back to her, like the good side of her conscious, which, you know, that actually makes a lot more sense to me now. But 
I, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't like right now. I can't seem to make sense of how it could be Vision's own personality, like his own awareness, sort of brought back to things. Like unless they pull the rabbit out of the hat and say something crazy and explain it off with like an Infinity Stone, you know. I don't know, but right now it just seems really weird. Hundred percent. Any uh, predictions for the next episode? I almost don't want to make any because I'm always wrong. But um, I think okay, like I think um, we'll be confused in the next episode too. <laughs> That's my prediction. I, I I have no solid ground to make any actual predictions to be honest. Like yeah, I, I have no idea where the show goes. You know, from this I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it goes. I have I have beliefs. I think Wanda is the primary antagonist, or like at least one of the primary antagonists. And I think there will be another influence, sort of supernatural or cosmic. You know, they're pointing a lot to the cosmic direction, so I'll point to that too and think that there is some sort of cosmic influence, um, negative influence that's deteriorating her, that's just bringing her into this place. Um, maybe even controlling her, like who knows? But yeah, uh, what do you think? Uh, I think that Doctor Number Three from the Doctor Strange movie in the hospital scenes is going to show up and and provide medical attention for uh, for. Uh, Are you looking Rambo. at the IMDb? Yeah. <laughs> nice. For Rambo. Yeah. Just I was just trying to pick a character, um, and then everyone <laughs> will point and be like, "That's the one Doctor from the hospital in the Doctor Strange." Yeah, movie. there's your and Doctor Strange connection right there. I mean, there is a Doctor Strange connection though. I don't want to. You know, I mean, that's already kind of fact too. But apparently, apparently, this show is going to lead into that movie somehow in some way. Um. So yeah. What? <laughs> okay, that's new information for me. Oh really? Okay. I like. I don't know why they would. Like yeah, Marvel is kind of open so about this, their plans right now. Like they're really so like this, openly talking about it. But I yeah, I read an interview with Elizabeth Olsen, and I won't I won't say much of it just to not spoil you. But she basically says some in some capacity it'll lead into the next Marvel movie, which is Doctor okay. Strange. Here's my bold prediction: okay, the Doctor from the hospital in the Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange <laughs> movies is gonna show up, do medical attention. Um, he's gonna see that. Oh wow, this is crazy stuff. Um, I better call my old colleague, Doctor Strange. Yeah, this Strange. is too high for my opinion. Yeah, guy knows. <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna, and he's gonna call Doctor Strange, and then Doctor Strange is gonna lead in. That makes sense to his movie. Yes, completely. That makes sense. I would find it interesting. Like, what if by the end of this show, like Wanda is a full antagonist, and like she's you know whatever happens, like completely breaks her. You know the realization that went, that Vision's dead or. Okay, like, even in the comics that this is based off, you know, um, I think it's, like, the House of M comics. W- uh, Wanda has two kids, twins, like, in the show, and she realizes that they're they're not real, that they're a construct of her mind. And when Professor X tells her that, she snaps and evaporates, or, or not evaporates, sorry, not water, but she sort of, like, t- like, takes out of existence all the mutants of the world. Something like that. She kind of pulls the Thanos. So, and, oh, yeah, that's in the comics. So I wonder how that might translate into the show. You know what I mean? Like some, it might, it might step into that direction of Wanda just pulls some crazy shit. That's my she might prediction. she might birth all the mutants into existence. Right. I think that that's been a popular fan theory that maybe maybe she spawns with the mutant, you know, the X Men's universe, like the entire universe. She just kind of collides 
the Fox universe to the Disney universe, and they're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, that would be crazy. That would make no sense, but yeah. Any last Bold thoughts? Moves. I got nothing. Moves. I got nothing else either, man. I, I always right. feel like it's like, it's like, you just got to wait till the next episode and that's about it. <laughs> exactly. That seems like every week this so far. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, anyways, I mean, it's a good show. Like it's, it's been hella mysterious so far. It's the intrigue has not died down, which I think is a positive note. It's made me want to like pay, like literally like look forward to Thursday night or Friday morning whenever I watch it. Um, you know, it's, it's kept me hooked. And here's a question I'll pose for you. What, model of tv shows do you enjoy the most at this point the streaming or like that sorry that makes sense the binging model of like netflix releasing everything two at once or this weekly episodic sort of thing i'd say episodic because binging for me is completely unhealthy and it's put me in some weird psychological moods okay yeah fair. so like it's weird because i do like binging too when like when the shows come out um, like especially I guess in the, the sense Queen's of Gambit. yeah I guess in the but. sense of like intaking a sh- yeah I guess there's two approaches here right like the Queen's Gambit I see almost like you could watch that as a seven eight hour movie like that's almost what it is you know yeah. less than a serial but something it, like this which it's like I think they know episodic. like I think going into like a show they know that um, this one is episodic structured weekly episodic structure then this one is a um bingeable type show yeah because like with queen's gambit like yeah there's good endings but there's not like cliffhanger question after question things like that we got with the boys and mandalorian and um wandavision because those are designed to be watched weekly so i think they know so either or i I think it's definitely i think it's definitely an intentional decision But, you know, I'm almost thinking, like, the discussions that kind of come out of these episodic shows are far richer. You know, like, every week we're sort of, like, forced to talk about it. Not forced against our wills, but, like, we want to talk about what we just saw. And it's sort of contained to that one episode rather than let's summarize an entire season in one, one review or, like, one discussion. You know what I mean? Like, this is a constant discussion we'll have for a month. Or, like, everybody will sort of be on the same page about it. Um, in that sense, like I, I, I like that episodic structure, weekly structure, sort of making a comeback. You know, it's it's it's, sure. a, it's making like an event out of these shows, which is cool. It's part of their intention, but but yeah, I guess I guess we'll leave it off at that for for this episode. Yes, and uh, so thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for our next episode. We'll discuss uh, some some movies we've watched on Netflix. The White Tiger that just came out. And, uh, you know, check us out on there for the next one. Yeah. So be sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube. Um, fuck, man. We got to like, get some shit up on Instagram again because it's been, it's been a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been a minute since we posted on Instagram. My apologies for that. We'll, uh, we'll get back. We'll get back uh, yeah, active uh, on the social. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to make a post tomorrow. There it is. I promise. Um and then thanks for listening on whatever you're listening to, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Be sure to give us a rating. Helps a lot. And uh, yeah, this is Cheney signing off. See you on the next one.